Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, my name's Kevin Pickles, and here's Ken Brown. <laughs> I mean, A, I'd forgotten we were doing this, and B, talk me through that. Go on, talk me through it. Talk me through how you got to Kevin Pickles and Ken Brown. Because it's my name. Um, no, I. I decided to go for middle-aged man names. But I'd say Kevin Pickles is a great name. That's I'd, I wouldn't <laughs> mind being called Kevin Pickles. Ken Brown, and this is no offence to anyone called Ken Brown that's listening, sounds like my dad's accountant, you know? Yeah, okay. Kevin Pickles sounds like a good guy at a party. Your dad's mate that you're not sure what he does, but he's always the fun one at the party. Yeah, fun Kev. Yeah, fun Kev, exactly, yeah. Oh, Pickles is coming, yeah. Here he comes. Oh, look, he's brought his juggling balls and his fire-throwing equipment or something, you know? You shouldn't throw fire. That sounds very well, you should if you're very tra- If you're a trained entertainer, Pete, you can. Yeah, that's true. You're really uh, you're really creating some backstory for Ken Pickles here. <laughs> yes, I know. And poor old Ken Brown's just having a scotch in the corner. Kevin Pickles, sorry. Kevin Pickles, oh, I already yeah, forgot my fucking name. I oh, know, it's embarrassing. Um, anyway, there you go. As always, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, you've probably turned off already, sorry. But um, there is there is precedent to this, so please do go back and listen to all 120-odd episodes we've done previously. And hopefully you'll get here and be like, oh, that all makes sense now. It probably won't even then, to be fair, but still. No, I agree, you're probably right, actually. But hey, at least you've come on the journey with us. Um, how are you, Peter? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Not much yeah. to report. Great, um, that's fine. Podcast episode came out while I was in Barcelona, didn't it? So, yep. well, we're back now. Oh, how was Barcelona? I don't know we've done that chat yet, have we? I ate a lot of patatas bravas and oh, drank God. many cervezas. Sang- uh, sangrias? No, no, I didn't have any sangria. Oh, that is, that is uh, a surprise. I thought you might have at least one. So just beers and patatas bravas, is there any, yeah? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exclusively all I ate. You went to Barcelona and had chips and beer. <laughs> I was in a, this will shock you, Dave, a gay bar. Okay. Um, and they served patatas bravas in the gay bar. Oh, that's so good, isn't it? Which, gays and carbohydrates don't normally go well together. But no. um, I am fully on board with gay bars serving potato-based snacks. Yes, and there's, there's nothing, to, you don't have to eat them, do you? And But you just have the option if they're there. Yeah. Was it all night? Was it like dancing and eating potatoes bravas? It was a, more of a like a chilled sit downy bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think dance floor would. 
Would you eat patatas bravas on the dance floor? I love the Arctic Monkeys. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just love the idea of it. I love the idea of loads of loads of gays with a little dish because they're always in the little um, pot dishes, yeah. aren't they? As well, you know. Yeah. So a little, you need a little. They'd be quite hot. You wouldn't want to hold it while you danced. So maybe you'd need like a, a little sort of serving tray or some sort of some sort of. Could have them on a stick like yeah. pineapple and cheese. Right there, you go. Dancing to whatever you're dancing to these days. What are the gays yeah. dancing to these days? Oh God, I sound um, like a, I sound like Ken Brown now. To be fair, yeah. what are the gays <laughs> dancing to these days, Peter? Ken's got off on what about the gays again? <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about friends? I think it's important that we do. Um, the one with the nap partners this week. Oh shit! I've done the request. Oh, hey guys. Uh, Shall I do the request, Pete? And then yeah. I can reveal the mystery of what the episode is. Is it the one with the nap partners? Peter, we don't say it before we read the request. Oh, yeah. How unprofessional okay. of you. Okay. Let me read it and then we'll get to it and then everyone will be surprised. Hey, Dave and Pete, my mum and I live in Sweden after moving here from the UK about two years ago. And we listen to your podcast on the way to work every day. It brightens our day and you always make us laugh. That's so nice. And I'm genuinely, it's, it's, so it's, it's simultaneously really weird and very pleasing that, that there's a car driving through Sweden every day listening to our podcast. Uh, yes, every day. They listen to the same episode seven times a week. That was my follow-up question, yeah. How does that work on an episode rotation system, please? Thank you very much. We love the obscure British references you make, because it reminds us of home. Uh, The episode I'd like to request, though, is from your remaining list, the one with the nap partners. Uh, Love David Trimmer's physical comedy, hilarious throughout the episode. Hope you both have a lovely day. And that is from Els. Thanks, Els. Um, would you like a synopsis? Uh, yeah, I would. It's an all-even-numbered uh, production code. I think you're going to quite like it. 226406. I do like that. It's quite satisfying, that number, isn't it? Yeah. Um, season 7, episode 6. Joey and Ross accidentally take a nap together, and much to their dismay, find that they like it. Phoebe and Rachel compete to be Monica's maid of honour with the help of Joey and Ross, and Chandler's breakup with a past girlfriend due to her being overweight places Monica in doubt about him being committed to their relationship. I'd say that's a bit of a stretch, that she is in doubt about their relationship. It feels like a bit, it's like a mini wobble, isn't it? It's not a big... Very minor wobble. Yeah, a a minor wobble. Um, so yes, so they're, they're the three, two of them are kind of intertwined, aren't they actually? Cause they start the same because the nap, uh, the, um, Julie Graff plot and the maid of honor plot all start in the same restaurant. That's true. Yes, they do. Uh, which is where they have gone out for a nice lunch. Monica's decided this, hasn't she? Uh, because she wants to make an announcement about the maid of honor situation, which is that nothing's happened. So why is she taking them out for a nice lunch to tell them? That she hasn't done anything. That she's going to leave it to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems unnecessary to have the fancy lunch, doesn't it? I do think that um, the quick fix here is like just have two maids of honour. Well, Friends has almost always done that, hasn't it? They just have two best men. They're just like, yeah, we're all part of the thing. Well, I think I think generally uh, people stick too closely to wedding traditions because they feel like they have to in life. Yes, agreed. Um, Sure, wedding do have the fuck you like. Well, exactly, and actually, I would say, having been best man only once, but also like I've been an uh, an usher, a groomsman, whatever you call it, another one, you know. So, and and actually, having more than one person 
in that position is much more a fun and be helpful isn't it because you get yeah. to you get to sort of like the one time i was best man i had the other grooms were all part of it so it was good but i think having two maid of honors is just like yeah cool let's crack on together there's half a job we can smash that admittedly that would ruin this plot but i'm just making the point that people stick to wedding traditions too closely well yeah especially in this situation where they've got Monica's got two clear options. It's not like she's got like, it's not like Joey picking between his seven sisters and going, right, I have to choose one of you, otherwise I'll be mad. She's only got two options. It's, it would hardly be a stretch. And her brother has literally already got married with two best men. So it's not even like it's a family faux pas or anything, you know? Do you know who um, it sounds like did not have many options for their maid of honour? Who? Oh, yeah, the girl from downstairs. The girl from downstairs <laughs> who Phoebe was maid of honour for. I thought that. The woman who neither of them even mentioned by name she's that insignificant to them, you know? Exactly. Very strange, that, isn't it? Like, I I want to know the backstory to Phoebe being the maid of honour to the girl from da- who the girl who lives downstairs. Don't, Joey also doesn't say girl who lived downstairs. He's used the present tense. <laughs> she's still so there. She, the woman that Phoebe's been the maid of honour to is still there, yet we have never met her and never do. She's not Very... even part of their life enough to, you know borrow a cup of sugar or something very mysterious um so which way do you want to go now where it's a choose your own adventure from the restaurant you can either go into maid of honor or you can go into julie graff as it were let's, well i feel like we're already maid of honoring aren't we okay. so let's uh, continue down that path um the strange thing about the maid of honor thing is and uh, you know apart from you saying why doesn't she stuff too of course because that would be much easier but the whole way through Phoebe's desperately trying to be the maid of honour, right? And it's not like she's just letting, uh, uh, sort of playing the game. She's really into it, isn't she? She really makes a pitch for it two or three times to Rachel, including lying. Like, she wants it so bad she lies about never having done it before. And yet then at the end, when she lets Rachel have it and Monica starts doing all her, you know, Monica stuff, going, we'll meet 94 times a day, Phoebe sort of gives a look as if to say, I win, I've tricked you. This was my plan all along. But there would have been a much easier way of doing that <laughs> without us going through this whole rigmarole. I don't don't quite understand why she had to play such a long game. And she, again, she was desperate to win because even in the in the in the audition, you know, she did that very admittedly very funny line of, you know, I mean Rachel were talking about this in the shower naked. Yeah, her uh, maid of honor speech is great. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe wins the competition despite only displaying two uh sets of skills in that audition. One is the highly inappropriate maid of honor speech where she just talks about being naked in the shower with her girlfriends and the other one is just tackling ross to the ground like neither of which are particularly useful are they i don't think that that's actually uh, a good way to behave with a drunk relative at a wedding i think screaming and knocking them to the floor is probably a last um last ditch sort of scenario i would have thought so wouldn't you yeah Especially because um, I mean Ross has a plastic cup, but the the drunken would have a uh, like a glass in their hand as well. So it's all it's already dangerous. There's already glass smashing and cuts to be had, and drunk person. And yeah, I just think I think Rachel's right. I think that's that's causing a scene. You know, I do think there's a very weird line in this bit where Joey explains the definition of an audition, which feels <laughs> very very unnecessary. Like, yeah. He says, you should, like, something like, you should both audition. And then Phoebe goes, 
what do you mean? And then Joey says, as if no one's ever heard of this before, well, when I'm going for a role, I go along and I do a bit of it. And then if I am the best at it and they give me the part, it's like, well, yeah, I fucking know what that is. Yeah. In many ways, the word audition replaces that sentence in yeah. everyday English, yes. doesn't it? Like, that's literally why we have a word for it. Yeah. It's not Estelle ringing Joey and going, hey, Joey, I've got you a meeting where you have to read a bit of the next film. And then uh, if you're the best for it, they'll decide to give you the part how do you feel about that um yeah it, 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 i thought that just <laughs> like when you because I, I sort of read through the scripts as this when you when i'm going through it as well and you see they've chopped out lines here and there for time you know to save time yet something like that stays in <laughs> <laughs> it's like that line was deemed absolutely necessary to stay into the final 22 minute cut and crucial uh, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah that's very odd but then they set up this uh then they set up the audition um so what are the, the three things aren't there right there's the speech the drunken oh and the cold feet at the start isn't there only rachel gets that and then only phoebe gets the drunk uncle okay that makes sense yeah so they they again doesn't seem fair you know if you're setting up a competition this is the olympics you won't be like right you run 100 meters and you lift that thing and whoever does it best wins <laughs> I think, I think the audition process is flawed, Pete. That's what I think. Thankfully, not how the Olympics work. No, I'd say if Joey Tribbiani was in charge of designing the Olympics, then there'd be a lot bigger problems than the element of competition, wouldn't there? Um, and then, so Phoebe wins the competition, despite, as I say, just tackling Ross and talking about naked shower scenes, which, let's face it, only really gets the very basic men in Friends, of, and completely turns them around. To, you know, just the idea of two naked women together is enough to say you're still in this competition, even though Rachel's done a lovely speech, which at the actual wedding would be perfect. Yeah, very easily persuaded. Mm. Maid of Honours don't do a speech traditionally in a British wedding, do they? No, also, not every um, bride would even select a Maid of Honour here, right? It's no, not like it's not. It's a man. You just you usually have multiple bridesmaids, and that's... I think, I think it's more of a thing now in the way that proms are more of a thing now because we've all just watched American telly for so long, you know? But definitely, like, in the past, that I don't think that was much of a thing, was it? Best, the best man. Well, I mean, like, let's, let's be honest, Pete. It's probably a good thing it is more of a thing because, you know, gender equality and all that. That's true. <laughs> the Brits haven't been notoriously good at that in the, in the past. No. Um, but, yeah, no, but there's, there's, there's certainly, I don't, wouldn't traditionally, and like you say, Monica's sticking to the traditions, wouldn't be a maid of honour speech here, would they? Because, Pete, guess who makes all the speeches in a wedding here? Men. The men. The three men. Yeah. Which is nuts, isn't it? Quiet, ladies. Um, the men will do the wedding talking. Yeah. I mean, it is, when you think about it, it's absolutely wild. The groom doing a speech makes sense. That's kind of fine. The best man doing a speech, uh, you're not really involved in the wedding, mate. There's like a bride and a groom and you're not sort of part of that relationship. But I get the purpose of it as the sort of comedic, you know, highlights. And then, well, we must have a representation from the bride's side. Better get her father to do it. Like we're in Downton Abbey. Very old fashioned, uh, the traditional wedding setup here. But anyway. This is this is not why we're here. Um, we can't change these things, Pete, can we? We're not the Queen. Unfortunately not. Monica then gives Rachel all her tasks to do, and we realise it would be terrible being Monica's maid of honour at the end. I mean, it would just be dreadful, wouldn't it? I don't know why they're arguing over it in the first place. 
Yeah, they should be arguing about not wanting it. Yeah. Once Monica's proposed that three-way system, I think if I was both of them, I'd be like, I want to be yours, because that yeah. seems loads easier. Breakaway <laughs> the, group, just former mo- former pact. Yeah, exactly. And the most high-maintenance woman in the world who, let's face it, it would be hell to be the maid of honour for. Chandler and Julie Graff, is it? Yeah, not a good look on Chandler at all, is it? Right. Here's the thing about this whole plot line. No, it's not a good look. Very bad luck. But what's he actually done? Um, we never learn the reason she hates him so much. And Yes, that's true. Part of me thinks it must be actually even worse than just thinking she was fat because she was like, that's why you broke up with me. And... Even though Chandler's like, well, oof, I guess I fucked this up and walk just walks away. I feel like the tone in which she said that was like, what? Like, it wasn't even the that terrible thing that I th- I've thought it was for all these years. Uh, how the hell did Chandler and Monica find out where a girl Chandler met at camp as a child <laughs> lives? Having had well, a very brief interaction in a restaurant, they yes. now seemingly know her precise address. Well, I can tell you no information on this, but I can read you out four lines that were cut from the scene that are in the sort of extended script that, okay. if anything, do more to back up your point than to solve it. Because uh, Chandler says, blah, 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 I'll go and apologise. Monica said, I can live with that. And then Chandler says, okay, so how do we find her? Great question. Would you like to know Monica's solution? A phone book? She probably lives in the city because she was eating in that restaurant. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So they they searched every building in New York. (laughs) Manhattan, a notoriously small place that's easy to search. Yeah, and then I they can found see why her. that got cut. What a load of bollocks. Yeah, well, it got cut because uh, after Monica says she was eating in that restaurant, Chandler goes, I'll bet she was, aka fat joke. Oh. Uh, yeah, I also, the elephants never forget. I just thought, oh no. Like, that's, eggy line, that, isn't it? Eggy. Yeah. Eggy. That's because just, the problem with that is actually, without those lines that Chandler makes, just consistent fat jokes, I would sort of be in his corner on this, you know, because he's. You know, he says it. I was 15. I was a fucking idiot. I didn't fancy her because she put on some weight. And that is, whilst not ideal, you know, we all said and did things when we were 15 that we probably look back on and go, well, that was not, you know, I'm not very proud of that. But he's now not 15. And still his instinct is to go, an elephant never forgets. But Yeah, he could have saved himself a bit there, couldn't he? Yeah, it sort of undermines his complete point that that he only did it because he was young and, and naive and stupid. Um, and yeah, I'd say what we've learned is he hasn't really grown up much, has he? Yep, fair. So Julie Graff, yeah, so how do they find her? Who bloody knows? Um, incredible chances that she would be at the next table and just eavesdropping on them as well. Like that is, in, in a city like New York, that is... Fair no, but enough. New York's tiny, Dave. Oh, well, so. I guess so, yeah. She's eating in the restaurant, so she probably lives on the same street, and that's yeah, exactly. the same street Monica and Chandler live on, the only street in Probably related, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, and this is classic Friends, why wouldn't Monica follow up when Julie Graff said, good luck? Why would she just go, hey, guys, what do you think she meant by that, when she's literally sat behind her? Wouldn't yeah, you immediately like, what the go, hell? you'd be like, who are you? Why are you trash talking my husband to be? What's going on here? Give me the deets. You wouldn't just sit there stewing and then ask your husband at the end when you got back, would you? Um, also, why does Chandler have to hand in his sort of marital home 
a photo album of a woman who was his girlfriend when he was 15. Yeah, it really doesn't take him long to find that, <laughs> no, does it? No, it's he not seems like to know the exact page she's on as well. Yeah. I, I guess we're supposed to sort of take that Chandler has slept with so few women that by the time he's ruled out his two college girlfriends, that's all that's yeah. left in the option arsenal. But I mean, if I said to you, find a picture of someone you dated when you were 15 now, how long would it take you? There wouldn't be a picture of anyone, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, your, early, your earliest date, datey. Uh, yeah, that would. I'd have to do some. I'd have to do some some digging. I'd have to do some deep diving, and I'd probably still only be able to find it on an, an electronic device, which wasn't even an option really then. Um, it's quite a good episode for old technology, isn't it? Though between the photo album and the VHS of Die Hard. Yes, the VHS, yeah. <laughs> the VHS, which looks almost bigger than I remember them looking. It's like a comedy prop VHS, but that is probably how big they were. Um, so Monica gets upset because she used to be overweight. Um, um, and then they have this whole tete-a-tete and she's, you know, worried that Chandler will stop loving her if she gets fat again. Um, which, again, is tricky because part of me wants to say, just assume he's different now, but he's still making fat jokes, isn't he? So where do we fall on that? Yeah, maybe it's still the same. Um, the other thing I'd like to point out about Chandler, and maybe this actually should have been the point at which she went, do you know what, maybe we shouldn't get married. Because not only does Chandler still make fat jokes at the age of 32 or whatever he is, he apparently takes a shit and then comes out without either flushing or washing his hands. Uh, which cleanliness fan Monica would right. surely object to. Like, that's... That is the heavy implication. He's in the bathroom for a while. He's sort of straining in his voice, right? That's, that's, we're supposed to assume that's what he's doing. And it is one of my favorite lines of the thing is when he says, I just figured out who you are. And he says, can you figure out what I'm doing? Um, And if you're just, if you're just doing a number one, you'd be like, one sec, I'll be out in literally a second. But he's like, I'm in here. Why are you talking to me while I'm trying to go to the bathroom? And then, yeah, it just pops out again, doesn't it? So toilet's full, hands unwashed. Not into that. Oh, no, that's... Is that the note that you're going to leave us to a breakup? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's that is actually my last my last right. uh, observation on this plot line. Would you like to add anything to take us away from a, a toilet full of poo? I'd like to just leave the podcast. Yeah, permanently, not permanently, just just, just for today. Yeah, should we take a little break and then you can think about what I've done. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. To the nap partners then, shall we? To the nap partners. Uh, it's sort of peak no homo this, isn't it? It is. And then there's a sort of no homo curve, I'd suggest, in this, in that it's hugely no homo at the start. But they do go on an educational journey where they decide, do you know what, it's okay for us to nap together. And they end up voluntarily doing it themselves a few times, right? But then it comes fully back because what's not ready, Pete, is society and the rest of their friends are very judgmental. Yeah, they uh, almost very... um well, like, I wonder that all four of them sort of stand there uh, uh, very uh, sort of angrily almost, cross-armed and bewildered at the sight before them. It's an angry teacher stance rather than a, lol, we've just got our friends doing something they'd be a bit embarrassed by, isn't it, you know? Yeah, like, there's, there's a of sort me- of angry clearing of the throat as well. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Not... <laughs> this is funny, guys. Like, oh, it's funny, you guys wouldn't normally do this and you probably feel a bit embarrassed by it. It's like, we are disappointed in you. What do you think yeah. you're playing at? Also, how long have they been standing there? That's true. They yeah. don't wake them up. They've, they've all been just wait, watching them nap for how long? Which in itself is quite weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you extended that entire scene, that is a, that's absolutely odd. What's also weird in this plot line is the multiple use of the word bitch for, I'd say, no reason. Yeah, what is it? The, the, is the word bitch in Die Hard a lot? Yeah, but, I mean, presumably, yeah. Should we try it? Die Hard script. Let's find out how many times the word bitch is in Die Hard. Uh, well, there's a whole Reddit thread in this, as you can imagine, Pete. Uh, okay. I've seen Die Hard a few times, and while they do swear, no one says bitch that many times that you consider it a catchphrase. Um, yeah, there's not loads of incidents. It's mostly, if you type in Die Hard and the word bitch into Google, it's mostly the Friends scene that pops up, you know? Mysterious. Yeah, Maybe they don't know Die Hard so well after all. Well, exactly. They certainly don't recognise from, I'd say, eight weeks before, Ross's ex-girlfriend's dad. Yeah, that's true. Feels like the Die Hard references before Bruce Willis starred in Friends would have been acceptable because they were never to know. Yeah, should have knocked them on the head after you'd had actual <laughs> Bruce Willis, shouldn't you? Right, a storyline that comes like that's the end, towards the end of season six and this is the start of season seven. It's not that long since that man was literally in their lives and Ross almost came to blows with him. Maybe when they watch it for the second time in a row straight after each other, they'll sit there and go, hey, that's that's her dad. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why they need Die Hard 2. They can't get it from Die Hard 1. They need the full gamut of films. Yeah, maybe. Uh, there is, as um, Al's pointed out, a lot of good swimmering, isn't there, in this? I do like his sort of jumps and his leaps, taking the non-homo element aside. His The way he sort of um, gets out of all those situations is like... David Trimmer being very like the particularly my favourite one is the one is getting up from the couch in Central Park yes. after Joe's yeah, announced that's it. That's the one I noted down as well. Pretending not to be intrigued by the nap yeah. before then getting up to leave. That sort of slink is so good and it's like yeah. peak Trimmer, but it really makes me chuckle every time. Some uh, classic swimmering. Swimmering. It's very impressive, isn't it, to be able to that's the punchline to the scene. There's no there's no dialogue. The punchline. You've got to have a lot of faith in an actor that they'll get a laugh big enough to end a scene. By just moving their body. Yeah. And David Trimmer is he very good at that. He does deliver. He delivers. Um, not actually too much more to say on the napping from my point of view. Have you got any more? Uh... I feel like I've previously shared my views on naps generally. Well, yeah, I didn't really necessarily bring up naps because we disagree on naps, don't we? Yeah. And actually having You're... watched this back for the first time since I have myself discovered the nap... 
I did watch it in a different light, Pete. Did you? Because I never used to be a napper, but now I am a bit of a napper. But what I would say is even with somebody I was incredibly comfortable snuggling with, I wouldn't necessarily want to take a nap with them. Nap for me is... Is a solo time. Is a, It's just a, I need a bit of space and, you know, a bit of time to myself, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine a, a little a little nap where you're already like cuddling someone and you both fall asleep is one thing, but to love napping and cuddling so much, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that'd be in my wheelhouse to be honest, but that's just me, Pete, each to their own. You nap with who you want. I, I, well, I, I won't because I don't like naps, but it's okay. Well, here's nice a secondary you, question me. before we move on to the next part of this podcast. Here's the, my final question. Would you nap with somebody that you fancied if they loved a nap and a cuddle? Would you, would you, yes. you would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, so yeah. You, you don't hate naps that much that you would take a sort of no. moral stance against them. Having someone else there, but this is going to sound wrong. Go on. Having someone else there might make it more pleasant. Oh, oh, so you think you don't enjoy enough enough because it's a bit of alone time that you don't need? Yeah. Okay. Hey, look. Is that fair? That, that is fair. And I'll go one step further. Anyone in the Yorkshire area that fancies a nap? Uh, uh, no, I, there Pete. has to be some sort of strict vetting process there. <laughs> yeah, I'll vet them. I'll run a series of interviews on Zoom. Okay. And then I'll send a nap partner for you around. See, Dave, that's called an audition. Yeah. And an audition <laughs> is when... <laughs> Now, do you know what I've just realised, Pete? What? For all my posturing about creating a really good you quiz. You haven't rotor, sorted a quiz. I forgot to sort one for this week, I think. Wow. I think I did. Wow. I'm just going to search my emails. And that part, oh, I've absolutely fucked it, haven't I? Okay, here's one of two things that's happened here. And it's very, very likely it's the one that I just said, where I've forgotten to sort a quiz. But in the in the event that somebody has done a quiz and sent it on a, a method of communication that I haven't just searched, do get in touch again and let me know, and then we can do a quick fire one next time, eh? Um. Okay. Yeah. You've but, you've you've let the side down here, Dave. I think it's likely. Shall I shall I tee up next week's quizard though? What now? Yes. Yeah. Go on. So next week on the quizard rotor is Melissa. Now, Melissa, if you're listening, please take this as a verbal cue to do a quiz for next week's episode, which is, Pete? It is the one with the tea leaves. Uh, That's season eight, episode 17, by the way. Melissa, what I would also do is message you on the FWF Instagram account to make sure that this instruction has been received. I'm going to do that now while Pete does a song. A song? Uh... Um, no, no, don't do a song. Let's just do our favourite lines. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's how, that's how we'll finish this week's episode, isn't it? I've already said one of mine, which is, I just figured out who you are. Can you figure out what I'm doing? That really made me laugh. I enjoyed Monica saying, did you break up with her? Yes. And replying, no, we're still no, together. No, we're still together. Yeah, that's very that's on mine. That's gone as well. I though. also love, uh, during the explanation of the scoring system for the auditions, 10 is the highest. <laughs> Why is 10 the highest? Because, because it's, it's the, the highest. highest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think the one that made me laugh out loud most, just off guard, was I'm sorry for being a baby. And Phoebe says, that's ridiculous. We were all babies once. Yeah. It's just the way Lisa Kudrow delivered that uh, really made me chuckle. Well, on that note. Well, we've already done what next week's episode is, isn't it? 
Shall I just say it again? It's the one with the tea leaves, Dave. One with the tea leaves. Go and watch the tea leaves. Uh, one with the tea leaves. We shall be back uh, next time. Normal Correspondence episode will be up on Patreon on Sunday morning. Um, where if you're not a Patreon subscriber, hey, look, this week you missed out on us talking about which puppets you would have sex with. And if that's not a tease, I don't know what is. That wasn't suggested by us, by the way. That was suggested by a listener. It was to do with Fancy and Kermit the Frog, wasn't it? Again, that doesn't give it any more context, really. <laughs> Which was in an episode of Friends recently that we watched. Look, it's all, it all comes full circle, Pete. We're not just weird puppet perverts, are we? Well, I'm not. But if we had a band, it would be called Weird Puppet Perverts. That's what I've decided. See you next week. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.